Straight Out of Gibraltar, sponsored by Coca Cola. Welcome to Straight Outta Gibraltar, bringing you interviews and all the best music from the Gibraltar music scene. If you like what we do, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash straight out of Gibraltar. Hey guys, welcome to Straight Outta Gibraltar. We're back this week with a brand new episode. And obviously last week we had a little bit of an exclusive episode, where obviously because Reach released a brand new album, Calling All Stations. And of course we had to have a representative of that particular band on the show to actually talk to us about the new album. And we're very grateful to Giles and the rest of the band to have given us a hands-on preview as to what the album is all about. And of course, the album is available now in digital, um, on digital music platforms and it's available at VJ and Music Corner as well. So I'm pretty sure you guys are in for a treat. But we're in for a better treat this this week. And of course, we're going to, we've been plugging it for a few days now. But obviously, we're going to introduce him now. So we welcome Adrian Pisarello to the show. So welcome, Adrian. Good man, right? Good, 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 good. Obviously, the weather's better today, so I'm actually happy about that. So, Adrian, we're going to start very simple. And obviously, people know you for your diversity. I think you've done everything from reggae, metal, you're like obviously with dirt and everything else. So tell us from the beginning, or at least from what you remember, what the music scene was like when you started recording your material. Well, um, the the music uh, when I was when we started was really non-existent, really man. There yeah. wasn't the because we had like uh, before before us really, no people like uh, Peter Martinez and all, the, all those people, man. They they had a really good a really good music scene here, man, with a glasswork creation and loads of bands. You know, Shatter, Dash, and but then when, funnily enough, when when we were kids and stuff, uh, maybe eighty six, eighty five, here, the, you know, pe- bands didn't play in pubs. Yeah, there wasn't the rock on the rock club. So to tell the truth, we all we 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 rehearsed in um in a room given to us by the youth club. And the the only thing that that, that that they said, you know, you can have this room, but you have to play like one or two gigs a year. And that was really cool for us yeah. <laughs> instead of, you know. <laughs> uh, so that's what really, I've had like five or six bands at that time and we hardly played live, only one or two gigs a year <laughs> and <laughs> at we, that time. Which is actually very little compared to how much there is available at the moment. Of course. And what we keep in mind here that National Jazz didn't even exist and I know obviously there wasn't a music festival or anything else. So there wasn't really a target goal as to what gigs you could perform. No, there was, there was, there was, there was nothing. There was nothing really. No National Day, no pubs. Uh, well, no, there were pubs, but the band just didn't play. Didn't play in pubs, and um, the gigs were like non-existent, really. Yeah, and obviously there was things at the Insus Hall, which is pretty much it was. I think more or less what happened with those Insus Hall gigs was more like a collaboration. It was like mostly every single local band, or even like a mashup of lo- local performers performing into one big stage. Pretty much that's pretty much what I remember at least. 
before Rock and Rock even opened back in '93. So a lot of things were happening even by then. Well, by ni- by '93 and stuff like that, bands were actually playing in pubs. Yeah. I, obviously, I'm I, I'm I'm talking about before that. Yeah. yeah. So Collingwood's and obviously come, yeah, but from, from '93 onwards, yeah. you know, uh, bands in '92, '93 bands were playing in pubs yeah. and stuff. No? And the most important thing is when you keep in mind as to what was happening in the scene. Obviously, there wasn't really like so, social media and obviously the fact to actually go out there and perform and even record. But what was it like to even set in motion that you guys wanted to record? The facilities were non-existent as well. Record was... If you if you had like a, you know, if you were, if you were like, a, I don't know, 18 or 19, you know, or 16 or 15, whatever, and, you've got, and you had a band, you didn't really think about recording. Exactly, yeah. If somebody of the, in, the, in the band had a four track, you know, a four track, you know, <laughs> then we, you know, then we, we could do like a really shitty demo. Yeah. That was as much as we, <laughs> we did. No, obviously, and at those, uh, those uh, days, if you wanted to record, it cost loads of money. That obviously, that with 16 or 17 or 18 years, you didn't have it. So yeah. it wasn't like a thing like now. No, it's now it's easier. And there's people that record you and stuff. But before it was quite uh, difficult to record. Yeah, and which was what I was going to get to. Nowadays, we take it for granted. As I said, even like a podcast like this is very easy to record and everything else, even like recording artists, even recording bands, was uh, now it's a lot easier. Now the click of a button, you can pretty much do everything if you know that what to do and yeah, if you have the right tools in front of you as well. But also when you look at, as to when we look at the jazz and obviously the fact that it was metal, it was pretty much what was in the scene in the worldwide. It wasn't just a, a Gibraltar thing, but... What was it like to perform that kind of music to a new crowd? And obviously there was metal fanatics all around as well. Well, when when Dirt, you know, we were talking about 93 and stuff, Dirt was very well received. But uh, before that, heavy metal, you know, the loads of, of, of kids liked heavy metal, but the concerts and stuff weren't that, you know, well attended. You know what I mean? Yeah. Heavy metal at that time, you know, Almost all of the bands were metal, but it was very difficult to play anywhere. Yeah. Very difficult. Or maybe we played, for example, in the Lodians and stuff like that. But <laughs> what, what that meant was that they had the disco, yeah? And everybody went there for the disco. The, the, the girls went to dance. The guys went to see the girls. Then all of a sudden, at the you know, in the middle of the disco, they stopped the disco. Everybody was pissed off because they had stopped the music. Then the band used to come up. Everybody was like, didn't really care. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't really care. And uh, the best comment you could hear from the crowd was like, press my on the water. (laughs) That was about it, really. So it was, you know, really horrible. I think that the 90s were better. And even now, even even if I think that the music... The, the local music now, uh, I don't know, uh, where bands is concerned, no, where, where bands are concerned, no. I, I see lots of people, lots of new people, which 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 are, they are brilliant, no, playing acoustic guitar, mostly songwriters, and, and yeah. you know, which I, I consider myself a songwriter myself, no. But um, if we're talking about groups and stuff, I, I hardly see new bands coming in, you yeah. know, coming up, and uh, there's very few bands playing now no yeah. and uh, there's a couple of bands that you know nothing wrong because i've played covers but there's cover bands and original material there's you know the bands that always you know that, that have been for a while like yeah. me Jetstream, and and a couple of other bands but I, I i know i don't know man i think that we've 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 been in a better place before maybe yeah. a couple of years before no no not it's, going it's very small the number when you think about it as well nowadays I, I don't know man maybe the kids are not into the the stuff like we were yeah. i remember man uh, now you've got the rock on the rock you rehearse you've got a you've got a stage there you know we didn't have that yeah we, we had to invent and create gigs for example with dirt i remember man get going didn't have a stage you know we didn't go to the the, the ministry of culture <laughs> to get a stage or whatever we you know we, maybe we talked with the youth clubs and then we, maybe we went down to at, the, at that time it was called Saveways and we used to go to Saveways get lots of pallets 
you know maybe maybe there was two bands playing so we got like a speaker from this band uh, you know there you know there yeah. wasn't we didn't get a, a proper pa with the engineers and stuff we created it ourselves the lights were horrible it was like 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 four bulbs hammered into a into a piece of um, uh, wood yeah. put, put there you know you know and that, that's that's why you know, we had it so difficult that nowadays I don't understand why if you're a if you're a band you know if you're a kid and you've got a band I cannot understand why you know why they don't play live or you know yeah but maybe obviously stuff changes and uh, I don't know just like life, it all changes, unfortunately, Either, yeah, in, yeah. in a good way, not a bad way. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, the I had people... there as well. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, to the listeners who are not aware, who dirt, well about, tell us all about Dirt and who was in that band. Well, not Dirt. Obviously, I know the answer, <laughs> but my, for me, I consider that Dirt was my 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 first proper band. Um, it was uh, you know it was about like twenty three, twenty four, something like that. And obviously in the band, it was my cousin Brian, myself, Danny Felice from Breed, and uh, Glenn Diani from um, One Minute Silence. You know, it was a really good band. Uh, there wasn't any any band, you know, we, at, at the time we were the heaviest band, although mm -hmm. we, were, we were told that we were grunge and stuff. But, you know, for me, the, 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 the 90s, the early 90s, was a magical moment, you know, when, yeah. when, you know, you imagine, you know, that Nirvana exists, but you imagine Nirvana didn't exist and suddenly somebody says, look, look at this, listen to this. And you had Nirvana for the first time, Pearl Jam, you know, and stuff the like that. Era. The grunge era, but I don't think that the 90s are, are great because of grunge. There was a lot of hidden stuff. You know, because, you know what I mean? Because, you know, uh, they were great bands and, and, you know, I don't want to slag anybody off, but... For me, the bands that I liked, Grunge, let's say, were, were Nirvana, which for me was a punk band, and Alice in Chains. That's where my favorite bands. Uh, I never got into Soundgarden, never got into Screaming Trees, never got into Pearl Jam that much. Afterwards, I really got into, into Pearl Jam. Not, yeah. not at the time, but uh, that, this is a misconception, I think. You know, when they say that Grunge killed metal, that's, that's, not, that's not true. No. Because I think that what killed metal, I think that, I think that uh, the, in the 90s, grunge, if something revived metal, yeah. what metal really is, if you think that White Lion, if you think that Poison, if you think that Bon Jovi, and if you think that all these bands are heavy metal, well, then maybe, well, I tell you what, I've hated Bon Jovi all my life, and now I respect them because they've been there and nobody killed Bon Jovi. No. Nobody killed Bon Jovi, And right? changed with the times as well. You know what I mean? So, uh, but to tell you the truth, uh, people, uh, you know, bands like um, Pantera, Sepultura, uh, White Zombie, and all these bands, Ministry, uh, I remember the Chili Peppers, and all these bands, so wh wh where is Killing Metal there? No. You know, bands like Pantera and Sepultura are, you know, metal, you know, metal, that's true metal, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Metal's More metal cool. than poison, all that stuff that, thanks God, we got rid of. Thanks God, <laughs> because I used to hate it. <laughs> I know, is listening to this, we're going to get a slap. I know, I, I know that lots of people will kill me for this, but it's true. It's true. No, I think if Brett Michaels listens to this, we're in trouble. But anyway, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. So we're going to play a dirt song, and then we're going to go with Without the Gunnel from your, your first EP that you recorded on your own with those two tracks. So we're going to play them back to back, and we'll t catch up after that. Okay, mate.
This pioneer took these foes that were worried to hero of Cannabis of Louis. This incredible and wondrous plot to serve mankind for perhaps 10,000 years. It now deserves more attention into discovering its chemical and non-chemical properties. Cannabis will be forever defended. Now one day, vindicated, 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 vindicated. with part two and that was two tracks that we played there we played a dread track and we played with other gonel from agents of first dp of the same name as well so obviously a lot of years flew by after that and obviously with that contrast as to the change of the music scene obviously there was a relatively young band at the time that pretty much took spain by storm and obviously adrian went across to spain with reach as well along the years but what was it like in between those years when you found out this this young band and obviously you've worked with them in the, later on Called Treehouse, which developed in Spanish Diesel. What was it like for you to, as a fan? Well, when, when, when Treehouse was out, uh, it was the same uh, era as Dirt. Yeah. We were different, though. We were different. They, you know, they they, they really were into their grunge stuff and, and, you know, and Pearl Jam and stuff. We were a bit heavier, no? We were a bit heavier than them. But, um, see, we were, we've always been good friends. Now we are, we are, we are <laughs> really good friends. You know, I am really good friends with 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 uh, with Adrian and and, and Guy. You know, uh, really good friends, and obviously Dylan and and Daniel and stuff. You know, but especially Adrian and and Guy. You know, and obviously Bujeja también. No, Buji. It was a buen rollo, no, verdad? A buen rollo, but obviously we were different, no. But yeah. I remember, I remember those, those days, man. I remember those days, and obviously they went. Feather, no? Yeah. Well, no, everybody went feather. The only thing is yeah. that, 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 that too. <laughs> the only thing is that obviously <laughs> that I, I I stayed in Gibraltar when 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 people you know uh, we were planning to go and and due to stuff that happened in my life I I chose to stay here. No? So, uh, but even with with Danny and and, and with Glenn, no, with, with yeah. Danny for example, he he went, but there wasn't no bad blood there. You know, uh, I remember Breed playing with Black Sabbath, yeah. the original Black Sabbath, even the drama. And I remember getting a call uh, from Danny and saying, you, know, you have to come and see the band. Yeah. You have to come because it's Black Sabbath and I want you to be there. You know, you know that yeah. stuff, you know, it's not, oh, I haven't gone to England and, you know, and you yeah. feel maybe... No hard feelings. Uh, whatsoever. And Danny, in, in da, da, Danny and Stuart, Danny and Stuart are, are one of my best friends. You yeah. know, uh, you know, 
really, you know, good friends, man. You know. Yeah, and in, in a way, it's worked out for the best. Obviously, then Glenn took the world by storm with one minute silence. Of course, of course, which we can't forget about. I think Glenn is a forgotten musician when you think about the local music scene. Yeah, to the ones that have actually made it yeah. on a world stage, people seem yeah. to forget Glenn quite often. Well, I tell you one thing, man. And I think that that was one of the first. No, yeah. We always talk about Melon Diesel, obviously, and and, and they did great. Yeah, I, 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 I would have loved to do half of, of, of what they did, no? Yeah. But um, most people don't know that you know people like uh, Glenn with the um, one minute silence and Britain and Seven. You know, they played you know not all in Spain. They played in Mexico. They've played in Australia, in the USA. They've played in Germany. They've played everywhere. Yeah. You know. So uh, I think that um, I think that you should do. Something, man, to 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 let people know well, how important how important how important these bands were in the London scene, and obviously from the London scene, they've been everywhere underground too. And they're really you know, so that, those are very important. Melon Diesel, everybody knows they yeah. are important, you know. But but these bands, uh, I, in particular, one minute silence. I just say, obviously, breeders. We saw that in November. We were in, in the UK, but obviously, yeah. with one minute silence, forget the fact that the rest of the band are not local. But considering the fact that they have a local in in, in them, it's like. He's the forgotten one, always. In, in and I tell you, I remember, and I remember seeing one minute silence. We, uh, I remember seeing one minute silence in uh, the London Astoria, eh? and uh, the uh, Skindred was supporting them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, to date, and and I'm not joking, man. Eh? What I'm going to tell you, I told Glenn the other day that he, you know, he, he came. Ages didn't see him, and I told him, and I says, "Fucking hell, Glenn." Uh, one of the best, one of the best gigs I've ever I've ever seen, and I've seen lots of bands, and I'm including, you know, really heavy shit bands, yeah. you know. And when I saw One Minute Silence live, for me, and especially Glenn, yeah, I wish you had seen Glenn, man, the way he, you know, the way he he played his bass and he walked on the stage and he went on top of a, of a speaker, and I, and I said. How the hell is he going to come down from that speaker? And I remember, man, he just went like that. And, <laughs> and, and he threw himself out of the speaker into the crowd and the crowd got him, man. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, one, I, I've seen I've seen great gigs, but uh, one of the best gigs I've seen is One Minute Silence. I've seen very good gigs uh, with, of breed as well, eh? yeah. in Seville and, and stuff, eh? But one minute silence, I'll wrap there. With yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the best metal bands, I dare say, of all time. But obviously, with Glenn being a Gibraltarian, I'm very biased too. So that actually <laughs> helps. But hopefully, like, this is an open invitation. If Glenn actually does want to, we'll actually be welcome to have him on the show sometime and even talk to us about his adventures. It's something I'd love to do and actually listen to those experiences myself and get to know him because he's one of the few that I actually don't know. I've always heard about, but I've never met. So hopefully, maybe the, the invitation is there. Maybe, maybe. Hey, it's a good lad. Yeah, he'll pop round eventually. <laughs> so we, we talked about the transition, obviously, as the years go by, then you've done a lot of things. And obviously that track that we played in Cuidado Con El, which is from your first EP. So tell us what was the ideology of wanting to record? Was it the fact that now technology was more accessible as well? Well, it's funny what you say. You know, when I decided that I wasn't going to go to England, yeah, I I decided I was going to stay here, so my mates went, and uh, by that time I decided that why was I going to play metal? There was no place to play metal here. There was, you know, no place to play metal. I was really interested in saying stuff, and uh, I wasn't so much, um, you know, interested in 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 the in the genre that I was going to, you know. Music was like a vessel, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to stay to say stuff, you know, politically or whatever. No, uh, I wanted to stay say stuff, and um, I wanted to be heard. And at that particular time, if I played metal, nobody would have <laughs> listened to me, you know, because, yeah. because obviously there wasn't rock and rock and rock, like, like I told you before, no. So um, I remember. Uh, in my sister's wedding, singing a couple of Triana songs, which is one of the best bands ever in the world. One of my favorite <laughs> bands. Okay. And uh, I remember singing a couple of Triana songs in my my uh, sister's wedding, and everybody loved it. So I said, hey, maybe I can do 
obviously, uh, you know, I, I don't want to compare to Triana because for me Triana is up there. No? Yeah. But um, obviously the influence was there. Then, you know, South American music and stuff. I, you know, I do my homework when I do an album. If I decide to do a rockabilly album, I yeah. I listen to lots of rockabilly or whatever. And then I, you know, and this was the same. And, you know, stuff like, you know, Oli Triana, no? eh, Raimundo Amador, eh, Los Shisho, and all this stuff that I love. No? And uh, I decided to do this stuff because I, I thought that it had a better chance. I had a better chance of, of, uh, of telling everybody what I felt or what I thought. And they were going to listen to this, you know, easier. Easier than um, than, a, than than a metal band, no? Yeah, so, it works in every sense of the word. Yeah. And with most, the most important thing is when you do that, obviously that you have this product, and obviously the fact you opened up for Shaggy years later, we always know that story that you always say that you never met him, but the opportunity was there and everything else. But obviously the fact when you said you mentioned you did your homework, the fact that you stayed put, and this is comes to, uh, coincidentally to my next song, which is. The two most important reasons why you stayed, aside from Sonia, which if not, she'll kill me. Of course. But um, obviously your daughters, and, course, course, and you wrote the song of Siriva, which is basically about them. Yeah, that's it. So tell us about what came to your mind. Why did you write about them in that particular moment? <laughs> Al Siriva, if you go, if you go to Adelante, yeah, there's two songs in Adelante that uh, I wrote uh, for my daughters. One was called um, "The Dawn of My Days," Dawn being Alba. Yeah. Alba, that, that's what it means. The Dawn of My Days. Well, I think it's a really good song. And then I uh, recorded another one uh, for Iris called um, Told You Once, I think it was called. But I wasn't very, you know, I wasn't very... Um, Aguto, yeah. ¿vale? <laughs> uh, the Dawn of My Days was okay, but so, you know, I, I think that that, that that song didn't, uh, you know, it was, you know, my daughter, I think that needed something better because yeah. uh, you know what I mean. So uh, I wrote Al Siriba. I wrote Al Siriba for both of them. Uh, you know the, the definitive. You know because it's so difficult to put in words what you mean without being cheesy. Yeah. yeah. Because it's very easy saying, "Oh, my daughter, I love her and stuff like that," and I don't like that. You know, no. I've wrote, I've written songs for my parents, for my wife for my daughters and I find it very difficult because I hate the songs like I'm feeling blue because I haven't got you and stuff like that you know what I mean yeah. so I said instrumental yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do a beautiful song which I think I succeeded you uh, still asked for it too you know what I mean uh, and obviously Al Siriba if you get Al Siriba you get Siri out of the way, it's Alba, yeah. and Siri is Iris the wrong way around. Yeah. So that's what it is. It's not a Moroccan name it's or an Arabic. Many people actually ask. Uh, yeah. And it's supposed to be like that, you know, because obviously it's it's an Arabic yeah, flamenco-ish yeah. number. But that's why this song is called Al Siriba. So it's a great song all around. I think it's one of, probably one of the, your best ones. And like we said... Like well, because you... I don't sing. <laughs> <laughs> but even when... Um, <laughs> When Iris and Alba come to you guys, it's the first one that they want to hear. And it's always the one that's the most requested and the one that's actually the most played from one of your all your albums as well. So Al Sadiva is up next and we'll be back with part three after this.
So guys, we're back. Welcome to part three. And that was Al Siriva, made famous by, of course, our guest, Adrian Pisarero. And of course, he's done a lot of things aside from performing by himself and the EC Band and many other projects, which we'll get to in a little bit. But one of the projects I think that people will remember Adrian for, obviously, because he went across Spain with this particular band, was with Reach. So Adrian, what was it like to get that call to go around Spain with Reach back then? It's funny that you ask, man. Obviously, I always like, like, you know, even if it's not the uh, music that maybe people associate me with, with uh, this guy's awesome, man. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, good musicians and good people, man. So it's always a pleasure to play with them. You know? And obviously, uh, I remember Stephen calling me, you know, and uh, saying, "Adrian, look, we've got a couple of gigs in Madrid. We've got like three gigs in Madrid, and we need um, a rhythm guitarist, you know." And uh, obviously, we've we, you know we've got a rhythm guitarist. But these guys were you know were, were trying to make it big, which which they nearly did because the you know that stuff was really good. And they have a management company and a counter and stuff. And um, initially, it was like three gigs. Yeah. So I remember uh, rehearsing with them and stuff. And uh, came this day when when they called me to the rehearsal room and I said, "Look, Adrian, uh, the Madrid gigs." Are not happening. So I go, yeah, just my luck. Always yeah. the same. Because everything I've got, I've sweated. You know, I've never yeah. been a pretty boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've never been a pretty boy. <laughs> and uh, things haven't come easy for me. Right? No. And uh, so I says, hey, venga ya, otra vez. Otra vez mismo rollo. Otra vez más salió mal esto. <laughs> and uh, finally, Lapis says, no, no, Adrian, the three gigs are cancelled. But we got this tour, and he gave me a list that big. And I was like, you know, shocked. I said, Adrian, you know, Stephen, like always, you know, I respect Stephen so much. You know what I mean? He says, <laughs> Stephen said, look, Adrian, you, you, you know, you, we told you that you were going to do three gigs. You said yes. And now we want to, you know, offer you this. If it's okay with you, it's okay. Go home. Talk, you know, talk to Sonia uh, and stuff. And uh, if you don't want to do it, we understand because you didn't sign up for this. Yeah. But if you want to, the gig is yours. I went, I was into my house and Sonia, you know, I don't want, basically it was like, you know, I don't want you, you know, I don't want you beside me always telling me, I could have done this. You know, you go ahead and do it. And we, and I did. And obviously it was one of the best musical experiences I've had in my life. Obviously yeah. it was very easy to have this experience because, um, well, we were touring with the stop, but at the time we were the biggest Spanish band, you know, yeah. they were really happening there, you know, and obviously uh, traveling Spain with, with, with these gifted musicians, you know, it's, it's a privilege, yeah. uh, you know, uh, all, all of them were allowed, especially at the time, Stephen and Giles were, uh, I remember when I was a kid, they were, you know, I really looked up to them, you know. Yeah. They were my, my local heroes. They still are uh, mine too. So. Uh, yeah, 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 no, no. They, yeah, the, the only thing is that the, the only difference now that, that it's that they, they are my mates, they are my friends now. No? Yeah. But obviously, uh, this thing never goes, you know. Um, for me, Steven is uh, one of the best rock guitarists in the rock, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, there's not, not, not so too many people like Steven. I mean, I think like I, I can release, and I was not a musician myself, but but the fact even last week and two weeks ago now, almost, um, I got the call from Giles. He's like, "No, we've got the album. I'd love for you to review it." And it's just for me personally. I'm just like, "But who am I?" Sort of thing. That that's that that feeling that you get. It's like, "Well, no, like you could ask a million people, but he's got, they're going directly to you, which means that you're doing something good." But it's still very humbling because at the same time, it's like you said, they've become my friends and my heroes. Maybe these people time. have always had their the feet on the ground. Yeah, you know, very right? humble people. Right? They've always had their feet on the ground, man. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I love Giles, I love Michael, and obviously Francis. Oh, see, he's your I've had lots of fans with Francis as well. But, um, you know, um, Stephen is a guy that, uh, you know, he, he tells you the, the things as they are. And I like it that way. That's the best you know? way to be. They go and they say this, that, 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 and that, and that's what it is. Yeah. You like it or you don't like it, or whatever I mean, but not in a bad way. Don't get me wrong. Uh, so, yes, of and course. And he's a perfectionist in every sense of the word, in a, in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen that with my own eyes, so I can actually relate. So we're going to play 
Simper, which is one of my favorite songs by Retreat, and obviously one of the best songs I think that you guys play all around. And it's the I think it's most energetic because of the of the chorus and the lyrics and as well. So it's a great song all around. And obviously we're going to play one of yours as well, which is Rahat in Proxima, and we'll talk about that one. And of course we've got an, a treat for the final song as well. Okay. So we'll leave it at that. So this is Siempre by Reach and of course Vahat en la Proxima by Adrian Pisarero. So hope you enjoy both tracks and we'll be back with the final one after this. Puede que tengamos que esperar Hay muchos caminos en la vida Solo elige el tuyo y ponte a andar Solamente el cielo sabe cuántas veces Me he caído y vuelto a levantar He tenido solo a las estrellas Falta nada más Quiero ser siempre, siempre Más que una canción Aprieta fuerte, bien fuerte Voy a ser tu voz Quiero ser siempre, siempre Más que una canción Aprieta fuerte, muy fuerte Sígueme esta noche a donde voy Ahora quiero que me mires a los ojos Toda la verdad Este tiempo tú me has dado todo Pero necesito un poco más Puede que la vida nos enseñe Y nos diga que está bien o mal Puede que seamos diferentes Y que el tiempo no sepa Quiero ser siempre, siempre, más que una canción Aprieta fuerte, bien fuerte, voy a ser tu voz Quiero ser siempre, siempre, más que una canción Aprieta fuerte, muy fuerte, sígueme esta noche a donde voy Puede que no tengas la razón Próxima estación, viajero encaminado. 
chao Aunque sepas que este tren tarde o temprano va descarrilado Seguro que alguien te espera en la próxima estación Si solo lo supieras, si solo quisieras una solución Cuando tienes pensado bajarte Sabes que este tren nunca parará Rumbo viejo hacia ninguna parte Asegurado tienes tu traje con final Asegurado tienes tu traje con final Bájate la próxima estación Ya quedo encaminado hacia tu perdición With the fifth and sixth and final parts of the show and obviously i hope you enjoyed those two tracks obviously made famous by reach and of course adrian pisarello and we're going to end the show with a, probably a project that many people still want to enjoy this to this day and it's one of those projects that when you watch them live you will like you know every single time obviously because it's adrian going back to his roots as to what he enjoys listening to and obviously what he grew up listening to too so we're going to talk about punk zombies for a little bit and obviously the punk zombies are very dear to your house as well because you did those things in the uk with Breed and Ted Mall at the time. So, so tell us about that experience as to how that band came about. Well, that band, uh, you know, a couple of drunken, uh, drunken nights with, <laughs> with Charlie Moore. Good old Charlie. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I was telling Charlie how much I love punk and stuff. You know, uh, punk never really happened in Gibraltar. You know, heavy metal or whatever, but not punk. You know, uh, at least... Uh, That's the way I see it. No, maybe there's people that like punk and stuff, but it wasn't. I wasn't aware of it. Yeah, it wasn't a big thing, and um, I've always loved it. I've always loved punk. I think that uh, uh, modern music have a lot uh, to you know to thank punk, even if you know punk in Gibraltar is a dirty word. Yeah. So uh, talking to Charlie was like, uh, you know, I want to do this band, I want to do this band. So we recorded, me and Charlie, we recorded this album and we, we you know, uh, we in that, in that uh, album, I think that a couple of songs, mostly the, the drums were done by Charlie, of course. 
Uh, I played guitar in all of my songs, but there's a couple of songs that I only sing because Charlie played the, the guitar actually in, in his songs, you know. He did it very, very subtle, but <laughs> I think he wanted to start. <laughs> uh, and great songs as well, you know. Uh, and um, uh, it's, it's, it's an album that I, I'm very proud of and one of the albums that I hear more. You know, it's from your projects, yeah. Yeah, because because I was playing, I was playing this Spanish stuff which I loved, but uh, always inside of me was like, you need to do something else. Yeah. You know, I, it wasn't, you know, I need to do something. That yeah. was for me, really, and I didn't think that it was going to be so popular, you know, especially in rock on the rock, no. Yeah, and um, I remember we, the first two gigs we played, we didn't dress up or anything. We just played. Yeah. And I remember the Battle of the Bands came on. And I remember Charlie saying, ah, well, you should dress like zombies. And, you know, because we had talked about this before. Yeah. And I says to Charlie, look, Charlie, it's okay what you say, but if we're going to dress like, you know, like zombies, if we come out once dressed as zombies, we'll have to do it in every gig. Yeah. Every gig. And that's what happens. And he says, yeah, we'll do it every week. And we did. And obviously, the, the you know, good people there. You know, good, uh, you know, we, we play with with, with with really good people there. And uh, obviously, Nick, you know, uh, before Nick, um, Gavin, Gavin Garcia, was, was yeah, Gavin was you know Guy uh, a legend. Guy yeah. Anthony Martinez, you know, that, that was really you know. It's pretty much the young musicians that were coming up, aside mm -hmm. from Guy. Yes, yeah, I mean, claro. It was very young. And, At the time, young anyway. Sí, también este, compa, ¿cómo se llama? Luis también. Luis. Yeah. También used to play with us as well. And, you know, I remember winning that Battle of the Bands. Because imagine, man, we had never dressed up. I think. And, you know, we played a couple of gigs before. And when Charlie said this, let's hold it. Because we're going to play the rock on the rock, uh, we're going to play the rock on the rock um, battle of the bands, so we're going to going to go all out. Yeah. And I still remember, man, the the judges, man. <laughs> we were the first band, yeah. You don't you 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 don't ever want to be the first band. No, at all. I agree. But I remember, man, going the first band that played uh, here, you know, uh, before the finals, no, it was the preliminary or whatever. And uh, we played, man, and we went without gear. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, <laughs> I used to think uh, my bosses would really hate me now but because I, I, wore, I wore a tie, a suit. <laughs> Obviously, I had my, my face painted. But uh, I, I've always remembered, um, I always remember saying, remember thinking, you know, if my, if my bosses saw me, you know, <laughs> you know in, in a suit and... Um, And uh, tie and stuff, you know, which I didn't wear uh, in work, you know, at work. <laughs> You're gonna fucking hit me for this, you know. <laughs> but it worked. But, but it worked, yeah, yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, suddenly, people forgot about punk and they loved the band. And um, Alan, uh, he's known for his hate <laughs> uh, about punk. Yeah. If you ask Alan, Uh, what's one of the, your favorite bands that have played over the years in Rock on the Rock? I am sure, because he've said it before, I'm sure he, he'd probably say The Punk Zombies. It was a very, okay. it, it was a very happy uh, era for me. Yeah. I, I loved, and I loved The Punk Zombies, and I always, uh, you know, I would have this thing that I would love to play with The Punk Zombies again, but obviously it wouldn't be the same if, if Charlie wasn't yeah. there. Maybe. Because the, the you know yeah. this project was me and Charlie, you know. So. I think it was magical because, like you said, it came at the right time. It was something different, uh, at least not just for the, the people in Gibraltar, for you guys as well, because you are so used to playing different styles altogether. Yeah. It's, it wasn't just one particular genre that you all already replayed. But when you look beyond um, punk zombies, and obviously you've done other stuff over the years, considering as well the fact that you opened up for Glenn Matlock alongside Gavin as well, which was that was that that was a very important gig for me. Because, uh, you know, uh, Glenn Madlock came here and people, you know, uh, who, you know, I remember, I remember before this, I remember, because I've seen the Sex Pistols live, I saw them in, uh, in London, in the Brixton Academy, 
And I remember saying to people, uh, I'm going to see the Sex Pistols. I'm going to see the original lineup. Yeah. And people used to say to me, but Sid Vicious is dead. I said, Sid Vicious wasn't the original band member, you know what I mean? Yeah. Glenn Madlock even wrote songs and stuff, yeah. you know? <laughs> so for me, it was like a very big thing. A yeah. very big thing, you know what I mean? Uh, and obviously, you, you know, because I've talked to you about, about this many times, and, and, and that gig was very important for me. Because yeah. I, I, I've, I've opened up for for lots of people that I don't really like, you know? Uh, you know, say, uh, look at that. King Africa. Uh, King Africa, right and, and, and I don't know. Uh, shaggy, etc. I love Shaggy and stuff, but I never opened for something that I really love, you know? Yeah. And this, this for me, and obviously, uh, having a photo with, in, in this What's same room, in yeah. this same room with uh, Gavin, Glenn Madlock and me, uh, doing a photo and I remember Glenn Matlock uh, rehearsing and singing a David Bowie song, which me and Gavin love as well. Yeah. You know, so it was it was a big thing for us. It really. was a big thing. I remember when we called Gavin eventually to seven. It was like a big thing. But obviously he was one of the, one of those things that he said was, but I need to have Adrian. He was very hesitant and like very pushy towards it in a good way, you know? He's like, I need to have Adrian up there for this for the same simple reason. And it was great all around. It was a very well received gig. And a lot of people I more people than I thought, to be honest. Considering like you mentioned that not many people know It was a brilliant gig. Yeah. It was a brilliant gig. And little anecdotes for me and people who don't know, Sid Vicious is half tributarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Not many people know that, but mostly will... Well, 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 man, Sid Vicious, <laughs> you know, I love the Six Pistols. I, I love what Sid Vicious stood for, you know, but Sid Vicious didn't even record in the, no, in the album, you know what I mean? Glenn Matlock too, yeah. There's, there's... No, not Glenn Matlock either, uh, because Glenn Matlock wasn't in the band, but the, never mind the bollocks. The, he has the Six Pistols, uh, Steve Jones recorded the bass, yeah, the bass okay. lines because Sid Vicious broke his arm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. So before we play the final song, obviously we're going to a little maybe analysis if that's the right term to use. But is there anything that you're working on at the very moment? David, you know me, man. I'm always something. <laughs> well, we haven't mentioned the undesirables. Yeah, obviously. which we can get into. A lovely band. I think we can get into and have an inside um, song. Lately, you know, back in London, I, I revisited the Spanish songs and stuff. But at the moment, the what we're doing is um, the the boys on the black stuff, yep. which, which which is a, like an acoustic band, highly influenced, you know, Irish folk stuff. I don't, wanna, I don't want to call it Irish folk because not all the songs are Irish folk, but yeah. it's very Irishy. Yeah. Let's leave it like that. And uh, any plans of maybe releasing an Undesirable EP with the, uh, the tracks? Well, we I have... remember you guys, we were recording. No, we, we, it's recorded. We've recorded like 13 songs like two years ago. Yeah. But we are waiting for, you know, here in Gibraltar is, you know, the mañana, <laughs> the mañana syndrome. So uh, we are waiting for. See, I suppose. I, I when we got this gig, you know, I I I received calls and and messages from Nick, which is you know he's armed and ready. So he you know he, he really wants to carry on with the, with the undesirables. So the undesirables are going to happen again because yeah. it was one of the best bands. I agree. Something different too. You know, that, that, like that, that I've been into. No. Yeah. That, that that I've been in. Uh, so it's definitely going to happen. Don't know when. Yeah. Though. Regardless, it's worth the wait. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> so, Adrian, thank you for your time. I yeah, think we could problem. cover an entire show covering on, on your career. I think it's great that we actually get to do this and actually get to play your material and obviously the, th the things that you've done over the years. So thank you, Adrian. And obviously, we'll probably catch up over the course of the next few months. And obviously, we always do, but it's great that we do. Thank you, so, bro. So thank you very much, Adrian. Thank you, man. So, guys, this has been Straight Out of Gibraltar. This episode will be out, obviously, as soon as this is done, you'll probably be able to listen to it. Obviously, listen to Adrian's stories. And there's some uncensored stories, which I think we'll actually have to do 
in an uncensored episode someday, but that's something for another day. We'll leave it at that. So we'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. Obviously, we we broke our rule last week, but this time it's for real. Two weeks and until a brand new episode. And be sure to support your local talents, guys, because it's very important. Because when you do, it's ke- you're keeping local music alive. So see you in two weeks. And again, thank you to Adrian for being a guest. And catch you all very soon. Stains on my fingers Who have got bags under my eyes Got a spinning headache, I've got the shivers I'm feeling low and my throat is dry This is the way that you want it That you wanted it to be Everything is going according I gotta do your plan, you're coming for me <laughs> I can't recall the last time I saw you But in my head I see you every day You're my delirium, you're my obsession From my stupidity now I must pay This is the way that you want it Plan, you're coming for